Welcome to another episode of Journeys in Grace. Today we're starting again on uh, talking about the subject, Who is Your Father? Part 2. And today we're going to answer a couple of questions. And the first question is, is God angry with mankind and seeking to send diseases and, and disasters that we see in the world today? And does God hear me when I pray? Or am I good enough for God to hear me? So we're going to talk along those lines today. And prayerfully, you will pray with me as we go, go through the, uh, the scriptures and as we share with you the word of God today. All right, let's, today, let's begin reading in uh, Psalm 17. But before we start, I just want to just uh, have a little prelude to what we're going to talk about today. I think that God has been given a bad rap. And a rap, as you know, that vernacular in, the, uh, in, American, in American English is when, from the uh, neighborhood that I grew up in, when you had a rap sheet, you had things that were against you. You know, you had maybe had a list of crimes that you had done that, uh, that, that the authorities would say, okay, this is what you've done. This is your reputation of what we know of you. And usually it was not good. Otherwise, the police wouldn't have it. So this is what I believe has been said to our, about our God today, that he's an angry God. He's a mean God. God's out to get me. At the very least thing that I would say or do, God would, uh, is ready to punish me. That nothing ever works good for me because uh, what I did in my past, when I'm in my youth, um, my kids are suffering because of what I did. You know, if you lived a, a, a life to where you were very promiscuous, the way you, you know, if you were male, if you've done things out in the world with the females or whomever your, your partner would be, that uh, I've had friends that say, well, I felt, I feel like that God has punished me with uh, these three or four or five daughters that I have. And uh, maybe that's God's way of getting back at me and how they how they treated others' daughters, they felt like that maybe that will come against them. But I want to tell you, that's not the report of the Lord. Uh, especially when you're a believer, when you come to know Christ, and God is now in your life, and you've given total control over to Him. And especially with um, uh, when we have come to the knowledge that this is not the God of the Old Testament. Many people now still believe that uh, the, the, the God that... Um, that uh, destroyed his enemies, that uh, was, I believe, the scripture in uh, Psalm 711 that says, God judges the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day. So they feel like that, man, that God is so much against all the things that I did, and, you know, I'll never get a break. But I want to tell you, there's a difference in why we, in the Bible, what we call the New Testament and the Old Testament. Yeah, it's like, just like a contract. There is a contract that God had with man that he gave unto Moses. Um, and we're going to get into that now and just begin to I have this talk today about is God angry with mankind? And am I good enough for that when I pray that God will hear me? And I want to tell you that uh, if I say nothing else today, I surely want to get the point across that we're not living under the same covenant. We today live under the covenant of grace. Whereas before, we lived under the covenant of, old Moses, of, of, of Moses and the law. And even for the New Testament believer, uh, the law was not given to us. We were not required to fulfill the laws of Moses. Not the Ten Commandments, nor the uh, 600 plus uh, ordinances or laws that were, uh, that were added to, the, uh, that were added to the, uh, the commandments. And so as we go about studying today, I just want you to have that in mind that as a New Testament believer or even as a new Christian, that we are not to we are not bound by law to fulfill those laws because Jesus did it all. 
That does not mean that we live a lawless life. For the law is given to the un, for the unbeliever, for the lawbreaker. And I believe that the law is good for the world because it, 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 it will help to strike some moral balance in the world. Because for some, if they weren't the police, you know, if you're a believer, the believer uh, doesn't need, not because we're perfect, but because uh, if we live by the perfect law of liberty, those are the laws that we should live. Those laws of uh, love your neighbor as yourself and love your Lord God, uh, love the Lord God with all of our heart. If we keep those two commandments, as Jesus said, he said, we fulfill all the law and the prophets. So we again, we are not bound by the laws given unto Moses, but yet we are not lawless because of the love of God that's been shed abroad in my heart by, by, by Jesus Christ. And so um, if you didn't know, I'm going to let you know now I am a grace preacher. I'm a minister. I'm a preacher that believes in the, in the grace that Jesus Christ came and, and not only did he live it, he showed it and then he gave it to us. And we have the ability as believers to walk in the new life that Christ gave to us. The old man is dead. That old spirit that dwelt within us, that, uh, uh, that where we had no control over the sin. We, you know, back in, the, back in the day when we, many of us, when we were out in the world and we were doing what we desired to do, you know, we would say, well, I'm not going to drink anymore. And then you find yourself drinking again. I'm gonna. I'm not going to the club. But you know, the next Sunday, next Saturday, uh, you or, or even the next Sunday, you wake up at those same late hours, having said, "I'm going to go to service today," realizing that, man, I said I wasn't going to uh, the club. I said I wasn't going to uh, go out drinking with the boys. Uh, I wasn't going out partying with the girls. And you find yourself in that same predicament. But once you meet Jesus, and once that change comes in your life, where uh, the old man and his deeds pass away. It doesn't mean that you're perfect, but it means that your spirit is now perfect and your soul and your uh, your soul, your mind, will and emotion now begins the process. As the Bible calls us, calls in Romans, that renewing of your mind. So I'm way ahead of myself. But again, I want to talk about the two subjects today about is God angry with us and does God hit me when I pray? And even in the New Testament, and I want to also say this, that uh, we thank God for the Gospels. But even with the Gospels, Jesus was fulfilling who he was the only one that could fulfill the law. Nobody else could fulfill the law perfectly. Again, the law were the 10 uh, commandments that were written on stone. And also there were the 600 plus ordinances that were also written. There was no one that could ever fulfill those our laws. That's why God gave them the uh, the sacrifice of the animal every every during the fall season, during the Jew, Jewish holidays, called the Day of Atonement, so that the people's sins will be forgiven for that year. But every year, year after year, there had to be a sacrifice because the sins of the people rose again, and for them to be uh, under God's uh, blessing for that year, they had to have a a innocent lamb sacrifice to cover the sins of the people. So let's now, let's go, let's move forward. Um, first of all, I want to say the sin problem has been resolved. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, but it is finished. And let's go now, if we go to the, uh, the book of John, uh, the first chapter 17, it says, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Mo, the, when God gave the law, which again was the Ten Commandments plus the 600 plus ordinances, those were given. Moses gave them from God. But when God brought grace, which is God 
unearned, grace is God's unearned favor. That favor which is Jesus Christ and came by him. God in himself, in, his, in, his, in the manifested flesh of Jesus Christ, presented grace to all men. And then when we talk about uh, God being angry, and again, there's a verse in uh, Psalm 7 that says that he's angry with the wicked every day. And some would say, oh, he's angry with the sinner. The sinner man, he, you know, that's why we have so many problems. But I want to say, say again that when Jesus came to the earth, the, 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 the sin problem, was, uh, uh, its resolution appeared. And his name was Jesus. In Luke 2.14 it says, uh, 2.13 says, and suddenly there were angels, a there was there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. It did not say goodwill among men because that would mean that there would be peace forever among men. But it says there was peace toward men, meaning as far as God was concerned, the, 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 uh, the answer for sin had been born into the earth and now peace had been given between God and man. And if you go on down in, in, the, in the John 3.16, which we, uh, most people, most uh, Sunday schoolers, if you ever went to Sunday school and you learned these verses, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It goes on to say the 17th verse, and which is one of the most prevalent things, I think, still in the, in the New Testament church. It says, for God sent not his, his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That light, which is Jesus, is coming to the world. Men love darkness, which is evil, because their deeds were evil. But this condemnation, which is a guilt and, and might as well say a guiltiness of wrongdoing. But for the New Testament believer, the uh, book of Romans said, there are therefore now no condemnation. It doesn't mean that we are not, uh, uh, that, a, that a New Testament believer won't sin. But it says that the condemnation and the guilt and the shame and the blame has been taken away by Christ. And to put it in a shorter version, that the more we learn of Christ, the more we learn of his love for us, his, 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 his love toward us, the more we love him. And the more we come into the revelation of the love of Jesus that he provided for the New Testament believer, We'll walk in love, we'll walk in his grace, we'll walk in his favor, we'll walk in his blessing, but we cannot do that being bound by the condemnation of what I did yesterday, what, I, what I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm susceptible to doing today, because the right believing, the right thinking, the right knowledge, you know, Jesus said, I mean, the scripture says that uh, uh, my people are perished for the lack of knowledge, and many of my fellow brothers and sisters are still bound with the, 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 the sin, the error, whatever the case may be, of what they did in the past and how that, oh, if I, if I, if I slip, if I sin, oh, God's going to get me. He's not the God's going to get you, God. But the book of John 1, 4, 4, uh, John, uh, 1 John 4 says, God is love. God is not schizophrenic. He doesn't have two personalities. Well, today he's full of love and tomorrow he's angry. And there will be a day that God will judge the world. But 
because of his uh because of his 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 of his agreement with what Christ did, God would be unjust to judge the world now while the, during this term of grace. During this time of grace, he's not judging the world. Because if he judged the world, if he judged America, if he judged Europe, if he judged Africa, then all of us would be destroyed. Because as the scripture says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the love of God has been shed abroad on our hearts through the blood of Jesus Christ. And again, through the 16th verse says, for God so loved. That's why Christ came. Because God was demonstrating that all of, all, uh, all of the uh, uh, requirements of the New Testament, of the Old Testament and the law was fulfilled in Christ. And now there is a new agreement. There is a new contract that I'm making with man. And when I say new contract, there's a difference in the Old and the New Testament. The Old Testament, as the scripture says, the old law came by, Mo uh, 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 it was given by Moses. But grace came by Jesus Christ. The old contract was based on what you did. The new contract is based on what Jesus has already done for us. The old contract is that like me going to uh, Ford and, and uh, with a uh, contract signed by the Chevrolet dealer saying, I want my, my new car. They would laugh me out of the, the dealership because they, they would say, look, this contract is null and void at the Ford. A Chevy co contract is not good at uh, the, the uh, Ford dealership. If you're going to buy a Ford, you got to pay for it at the Ford dealership. If you're going to buy a Chevy, you got to buy a Chevy at the Chevy de dealership. So I'm saying for the, uh, uh, the New Testament believer, yes, the, old te the, the law was good, but it could not be fulfilled by earthly man, but by the new man, the regenerated man, who has the spirit of God inside of him or her, we have the ability to live all of the laws and uh, uh, commandments that were given because of what Jesus did for us. Okay? Now, let's go on further. And this body, and I just want to say this, that uh, many believe that when Adam fell in the, old, in, the, uh, in the garden, they feel like that, oh, uh, God must have had to redo things. But the Revelation 13.8 says that God had already prepared himself. That's why we call him Jehovah Jireh and all the many names of God. If you want to study those that are in the Old Testament, he's one of the names of God is called God, uh, uh, Jehovah Jireh, our God, our provider. And he had already provided and already made provisions for Christ to come into the world and be that sacrifice. Be that, that sacrifice because it required the blood of the innocent to forgive sin. This is what he gave uh, Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve fell and they were put out of the garden, God did not stop fellowshipping with them. Because it says that when, they, when, they, when, they, when Adam and Eve fell, they ran away. When they heard the voice of God speaking in the garden, uh, the scripture said they went and hid themselves. But later on you hear, you read on where it says that he, he took animal skins. So to skin an animal, you have to kill it. And that's what God did. He killed an animal. Something was slain for them to be covered. And that's what it is for us today. Jesus was, 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 gave his life on the cross so that we are now, all of our sins are now covered. He is our mediator. He's the one that stands between God and us. So when God looks at the New Testament believer, those who submitted themselves to Christ, he doesn't see me. He sees me through Christ. And because he sees me through Christ, I am sinless. 
It doesn't mean that I don't commit sin. It means that because of his blood upon me and the sacrifice of what he gave, now I am, I too am a son of God. I too am of the faithful seed of Abraham. The Bible said that faithful Abraham was called righteous, not because he did all things right, but because he believed. And it was said in Romans, uh, Romans third chapter, beginning around the third chapter, it says that it was counted unto righteousness, was counted unto Abraham because he believed God. And this is what God is counted, uh, is, is, is counted, putting to our account today, is whether we believe in his son whom he sent into the world. And we're going to talk further about that in, in uh, the more scriptures on this in Hebrews 10, 6, in 10th chapter and around the 16th verse. He begins to talk about this covenant that he made. Hebrews 10, 16, if you want to write that down, he said, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. And this is after um, um, when Christ comes into the earth. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their hearts, in their minds will I write them, and their sins and their iniquities I will, will I remember no more. He says this in Hebrews, I'm sorry, this is Hebrews 8 and 10. Hebrews 8 and 10 says that their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. And then down in Hebrews 16, 17, what I just read, he says it again in the 17th verse. He says, their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. God said this twice because he wants us to know that what the sin problem has been solved. And I, mean, I made a mistake there. Let me go back to Hebrews 8 and 12. It says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. And then he says it again in Hebrews 10, 17, 17 rather, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Meaning, sin is not a problem with God. Sin is not a problem with God, but that does not mean that, mean that sin is wrong. Because even if you're a believer and you're blood washed and, and Holy Ghost filled or spirit filled, yes, you, God still loves you if you go and rob the, uh, the bank down the street. If you go and rob the 7-Eleven, God still loves you. However, there is a recompense for what you must pay as you're captured. You can have the best uh, ministry in jail. You can have the best jail ministry for the next 10 to 15 to 20 years and do as, as you spend your time loving God and witnessing and, and, and doing whatever in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the local prison. But when it comes to God and you are spirit truly uh, 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 giving your life to God and you are spirit and you are uh, and his spirit lives in you. For the scripture says in the book of Romans that he is born of God uh, uh, he had, if you don't have the uh, spirit of God you are none of his so every believer uh, gets the privilege of being filled with the spirit of Christ and we also know there's a baptism of the, uh, of the, of, of the Holy Spirit but when Christ comes he brings his the spirit of God is born within in us a holy, a perfect spirit is born within us that new man is perfect the scripture says he's, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise and yet we have a mind, a soul, a mind, will, and emotion, which is our soul, which must be dealt with, with the washing of the water of the word. All right? All right, let's move forward. And then we go down, and we begin to talk about now, I'm going to begin to talk about now, about how, uh, in the Old Testament, the process of, of forgiveness was, and how it is in the New Testament, and how Christ fits into this. Hebrews 4 and 10. For it says, for it is not possible that the, bull, the blood of bulls and of goats 
should take away sin. They did this every year, every year. Uh, a, a bull and a go bull and many hundred thousands of bulls and goats were were killed as a sacrifice for the sins of the people. The fifth verse says, "Therefore, when he came to into the world, he says, sacrifice. This is Jesus talking. Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifice for sin." Thou hast no pleasure, because they were done every year, and yet the people did more, if not, they did more and more, although they sacrificed more and more, yet they uh, uh, found displeasure with God because they did not, their hearts were not changed. They felt that their actions would change things, with, uh, and, and, and their works as the law, and they, they, they obeyed them by the works of God, uh, by the, I'm sorry, by the works of the law. The works of the law is what they were doing, um, but the, as Jesus said, this people, their lips Praise me, but their hearts are far from me. Their actions said, and their mouth said one thing, but their actions told us told him another. And then the seventh verse said, as this is Jesus speaking again, he says, um, Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. He said, From Genesis to Revelation, this Bible was written of me. Eighth verse says, Sacrificing burnt offering for sin Thou wouldest not, neither have you pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then he says, Lo, I come to do the will of God. He takes away the first, meaning he took away the Ten Commandments and all of the ordinances, that he may establish the second, which is the, 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 uh, the message of the gospel of grace. This is what Jesus come to, came to establish, that the love of God, and, and God writing the word of God in the hearts of men, in the hearts of, of, of mankind, rather, in the hearts of men and women, young and old, uh, whatever race, whatever nationality, Christ has come to write his word in the hearts of men. And then it says in the 10th verse, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ once and for all. Jesus died for, he died one time and one time only for the sacrifice of men. Now let's go over to the book of Galatians 2.20 as we uh, begin to end this teaching. In, in Galatians 2.20, Paul begins to talk to the believers about Christ's suffering on the cross, what he brought, and what he gave to us. Galatians 2.20, it says, I am crucified with Christ, meaning when Jesus died, every believer in Christ died. He says, I'll read it first and come back. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, he was saying, Paul is saying, I was in Christ when Christ died, but yet I didn't die. Because now Christ lives in me, in my natural body. Christ lives in me because I've given, I, I, I believed what he said and I've received Christ in me. Then he says, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I don't even have to, I'm living, the, my obtaining and walking in, the, in this uh, new life that I have, God gave me the faith to live it. He says, I live by the faith which God gave me. And now, uh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me because he proved it with his death and gave himself for me. Now let's go over to Romans 5 and 8, which says, 
But God commended his love. God showed his love. See, love is in action. You can say you love me 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. But if you never show it, if you don't have the actions to back it up, you know, it, it, it takes, you know, uh, uh, there's a saying said in Missouri, says it's called themselves a show me state. Show me. You say you love me? Show me. Well, God showed that he loved man by sending his son and coming in the presence of his son, Jesus, so that men could touch him, they could feel him. And even when people were caught in the middle of sin, in the very act, the woman was caught in adultery. And somewhere the man who was caught who was with her, he disappeared. But when they threw him down before her, they threw her down before him, rather, he asked her, woman, where, he asked her, he said, he that without sin, let him cast the first stone. There were a crowd of men, young and old, and the Bible says all of those who had stones, all of those who were accusing her, everyone from the oldest to the youngest walked away because they realized nobody was sinless. And the one person in the crowd that was sinless, who was Christ, stood up and says, you are, where are your accusers? The woman says, Lord, there are none. They're all gone. He said, neither do I accuse you. But he also told her, go and sin no more. And this is what I bring today and we brought today to let you, let you know that Jesus loves you. And the last thing we'll read today as we, as we close, Romans 10, 10 and 8, which says, But what says it? What says the Bible? The world is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which I have just preached. That if you shall confess with the mouth of uh, your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I just pray you pray this prayer, Father. I come before you today believing that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, died on the cross, and rose again on the third day. And today I receive him as my Lord and my Savior. For all of my sins are now forgiven. And they are washed away. And I become and am a part of the family of God. Lord, I thank you this day for receiving me. And I thank you and believe this is my new start. I pray again that you receive what we have brought to you today. If this message uh, affected you in any way, please read, write to us at Pastor Eric and D at gmail.com. That's P-A-S-T-O-R-E-R-I-C, Eric. And A N D, and um, wife named D E E at the end at gmail.com. Pastor Eric and D, D E E at gmail.com. I pray your blessings and, and honor be upon you, and that the favor of God rest upon you. In Jesus' name, amen.